Well, hello everybody. This is week three of our conversations on things that are real, raw, and relevant. We have a good show planned for you. We have some great guests uh, ready to come in and talk to you. We are ready to do this. Before we get our guest in, let's go head on and let's pray. God, we bless you and we thank you for this time to share. We pray, God, for thoughtful, meaningful communication. We pray that people's hearts and minds are open and receptive to hear, uh, to learn, and to inquire. God, we pray in Jesus' name that anything that prevents you from hearing us, that you would forgive us for it and it be cast aside, that our prayers might be heard and answered in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So tonight, let's get some folks on. I want to welcome to uh, Real Talk for the second time, Mr. Derek Lewis. Hey, Derek. Hello, how are you, sir? We can't hear you. Hello. Oh, okay. There we go. There we go. How are you, sir? I can hear you. Okay, great. I am well. I am well. Let's also add Mr. Quentin Tyus. Hey, Quentin. How you doing? Doing well. How you doing, Dr. Bright? Can you hear me all right? I can hear you well. Let's also welcome um, Bishop Kevin Foreman making his second appearance with us. What's going on, y'all? Hey, Bishop. Hey, 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 hey. And let's get uh, Pastor Eric Jones. What's up, Pastor? fellas? Can you hear What's me? What's up, Derek Lewis? What's up, man? How are you, sir? <laughs> Bishop Foreman. Can everybody hear me? Yes, sir. We hear you. Hear you. All right. What's up, Q? How you doing, sir? Man, I'm blessed, Doc. Good to so, be here. Good to join let's get, let's get this thing going. Let's get this thing jumping right now. So today's topic uh, is one that is touchy for some, sensitive for others, but something that also I would think taboo for some. You don't want to talk about it. It's not something, uh, I, I guess as they used to say, that we talk about in polite company. And that's church hurt. Let's talk about church hurt. And before we kind of dive too deeply into it, um, let's kind of talk about what that means in general. So, Quentin, when you hear the, um, the term church hurt, what does that mean to you? <laughs> well, I, I kind of go straight for the throat. So and, I, and I've been in church my whole life. So at this point in time, I don't I don't really sugarcoat things, especially if I hear somebody else speak about church hurt. Even if they allude to it, I, I get right to it. Okay. It's money, sex or power. Which one was it? Money, Either it was some had to do with they was messing with your money. Some some sexual misconduct happened or it was some type of power or respect thing to where. Um, you were overlooked or there was something going on with either three of those categories and 99% of the issues. So I just go straight to it and I, I try to find out what's going on with, with a person when they say that. All right, Pastor E, what you think? How would you kind of define that term? Well, I think you kind of hit it head, like right on the head. It's either money, in most cases, it's uh, money, sex, or, or power. Um, uh, and, and some of it, I believe, is, is warranted, and some of it, I think, is mentally created. I think okay. in the church, uh, church hurt has become a habit. Matter okay. of fact, I believe church hurt has become a thing. Okay, all right. That's, that's the, that's the easiest. That's the easiest path you can use to get out of church. Okay, I, I, that's a very interesting perspective, Derek. Let's jump to you. Um, I agree with that, with all that others have said so far. Um, I would just say, um, I, I see it as when a person who, who has, uh, placed their trust in some other person who has purported to be, um, the face of the church, um, or some type of leader of the church or what have you, um, when that, that person 
is injured in any way, whether that be you know, physically, emotionally, spiritually. Okay, and Bishop, I want I want to ask you, but I want to ask you this question, Bishop Foreman, because I have a question written down. Is church hurt? Is it a myth slash excuse, or is it something that genuinely happens to people? Um, I, I think you know the reality is is that people are simply experience hurtful experiences that happen to happen in the context of church. Um, I, I think to classify church hurt as if it is its own unique phenomena is at best an exercise in immaturity, right? Um, you got hurt in a car accident, you didn't stop driving. You got hurt on you know, your job, you didn't stop working. You get hurt in your family and you still gonna go see them for the four. Um, so at the end of the day, I, I think that you know, to the term, you just experienced hurt and here's, I think, the nuance, Bishop, and I agree with what I agree with everything everybody said. Here's the nuance. The difference sometimes that where you're hurt in church is that I let I let my guard down. And there's the difference. Um, you expected certain things from your enemies, but when your guard is let down, you didn't necessarily expect to have like a Uriah situation where you want to date with mighty men and you're the first one he takes out. So I think that's the nuance. Uh, but I certainly don't think that it is its own phenomena. You're going to deal with hurt because you're human. Okay, and so I, I think that kind of that kind of starts the conversation. Is somebody typing or clicking that in extra? I, I hear it, I but hear I don't know too. where it's coming from. Oh, okay, all right. So um, what I think is interesting is that when we talk about this kind of maybe in the frame um, that you can't perform, that it's kind of uh, it, it's a nuanced kind of situation. Here's the question, then I'll throw back to Pastor Jones. Excuse me, excuse me, Pastor Bishop. Yes. Can everybody mute individually so we can figure out where it's coming from? Oh, okay, that's a great idea. Okay, it just stopped. It's so, you, Derek. Derek, <laughs> it Derek is the one. He's the one most annoyed by it too. <laughs> he changed our whole face and everything. He's he like, wait, wait, what? Stop! I can't hear you. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's you. My mic. Huh? It's your mic. Yeah, it might be your mic. Yeah. Yeah, because we didn't have it. Okay, so we're you can unmute when when you get ready to talk. No, uh, we can't hear you now, but you're fine. Okay, so here's where I want to go. Here's the question I want to ask. So, kind of in this nuanced idea, do people take this concept, Jones, of church hurt too far? And because I'm gonna flip it in a minute, but let me start with that. Do people take this concept of I I, I got hurt? <laughs> church so now i blame god and i'm done with the church do we take that too far okay so coincidentally you might be asking the wrong person but i'm gonna ask her since you asked me so okay. i think the problem with church hurt first of all bishop foreman got me really thinking about how i feel about church hurt right now so <laughs> but but i'm 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 gonna answer in the mindset in which i came in Right. So okay. here's the one thing about church hurt. Um, in the in the framework of which they deal with and what they call identify with church hurt in that framework. Uh -huh. So I think the biggest problem with church hurt is this. Um, church hurt is the equivalent to me. It's the equivalent to Black Lives Matter, right? And let me tell you why. It okay. never became a problem as long as nobody was listening. And I think there's some people that have dealt with church hurt. Now, watch this. I'm on the other side of the bridge, and I say that openly. I'm not a victim of church hurt. I'm a perpetrator of church hurt, right? I'm the cause of it, right? Okay. I've hurt people, right? So fortunately, I get it, and I get what they identify with as church hurt. And I think the problem is in the history of the church, not black church, in the history of the church, there's been a lot of church hurt that has occurred, right? But nobody said anything. And because nobody said anything, when people feel empowered to start calling people out on church hurt and they get attention for it, right? Then it becomes powerful, then it has legs, then it has wheels. And I think in some in some cases, uh, church hurt is justified, right? Now, 
On the other side, I think also the church hurt has gone too far, right? Okay. And I only say that because of literally what Bishop Foreman said, like everybody claims church hurt and then they'll stop going to church. First of all, let me say this. I wish some people start stop calling the church hurt, right? And start calling the feelings hurt. Cause that's all it was. And okay. stop calling the church okay. hurt because you didn't get your way. <laughs> right, because I and I tell my churches, so I say this, I say this uh, 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 openly. Right, Christianity is for grown-ups. Christianity is for, for mature folk. If you are not mature enough as a Christian, then anything is church hurt. Right, okay. you didn't get to sing your song. Church hurt. Matter of fact, not only did you not get to sing your song, but somebody you don't like did sing the song. You know, all this pettiness that ain't church hurt. That's feelings hurt. Right, and so you got to know the difference. But there is a reality of true pain in church hurt. Right, but a lot of times, eighty percent of it is not church hurt. Eighty percent of it is I got my feelings hurt. I did not get in my way. I don't trust the pastor. Where is my money going to? Who's sleeping with who? That's hurt. That's you, you what people like identify with. That church. You yeah. did like this when you said money. Well, because people have a habit in the church that when they give money, they believe they believe they gave their money. Mm. And I don't believe we give God nothing. We return to God. Okay. Right? So you ain't never gave God a thing. So if, you know, so anyway, let's not go there. So anyway, so my thing is, that's where a bunch of church hurt come from. I have a, I have an ex-member, too, that's running around telling everybody who are listening about church hurt. No, I called you out. You be responsible and accountable for what you do and the situation you get yourself in, right? I'm not the pity party pastor. I'm not here to go tell you God going to make a way. I'm going to tell you you need to stop, right? And so because I was held them accountable, then they're going out running church hurt, right? And so then that gives them a reason not to go to church. Mm. But they can hide behind the flag of church hurt so they'll feel justified. That's the part of church hurt I don't like. All right, Q, let me hear from you. Well, big picture first. Um, Church relationship. It's a relationship. And you'll hear the same things when you hear you can talk about church hurt or people who left the church or had a bad, um, you know, they, they, they left on bad terms with the church. It's the same as a relationship. And a lot of times you'll hear the same thing. A mature person will know how to look at it. And in a relationship, that's when you'll get people who say um, all men are bad and, or all black men are bad or all whatever. But the truth is you're basing all on, <laughs> About most the average person has been to either one to five churches at the most, and they equate the entire ex church experience for all churches across the world based on those two to five experiences that they've had. Now, if we go a little bit deeper, just on a relationship, a basic relationship standpoint, I don't know how many relationships everybody has been in, maybe five, maybe 10, maybe 20 typically 90, 95, 99% of those relationships didn't work for whatever reason. The only relationship that actually worked is the person that you with right now. And that's still to be determined. So when people feel a certain type of way, just because it didn't end the way that they expected it to end, that doesn't mean that the church itself was a failure. It didn't work for whatever reason. Now that's big picture. What I will say in the smaller picture is a lot of it depends on the circumstance as to why a person feel like they left or hurt. I will say this and my mind has changed a little bit more and then I'll step back. Um, when it comes to me, I have, and this goes into the whole police brutality thing where people will say, well, what about black on black crime? And what about that? No, 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 no. That that's a different subject. We have a different expectation out of our peace officers and the ones who are supposed to be protecting and serving us. You don't have the right to go under that same blanket statement under all violence or whatever. It's, no, we don't hear that. So what I'm saying is when it comes to pastors or leaders in the church, I have a higher expectation of you. Don't preach this and that and talk about morals and values and you're not willing to walk them. And I'm not going to take two people. To, yes, it does take two people to tangle and whatever you're dealing with. But if you know better, you do better. If you're preaching the word, you're supposed to know better. So those are that's the kind of yin and yang I look at. 
It depends on the circumstance. But as a leader, even myself or whoever it is at the time, you are the one who should know better. You have I have a higher expectation of you than the person who just walked in the church or either if they walked in the church or they've been there 20 years. I still hold you to a higher degree. Bishop Foreman, is that a fair assessment that the leader should be held to a higher degree? Uh, I think I think that it is. I think fair is it the question. I think reality is the question. And I think that's the reality. Um, is it fair that one human uh, many doctors don't have great heart health? Many people who do hair, hair is a mess. Lots of nail techs have awful nails. This is the truth. Many mechanics have jacked up cars. Um, you know, there are people who talk dental hygiene who probably should. Um, so at the end of the day, um, whether it's fair or not, I don't think is the question. I think it's the reality of the world that we in that it is the moniker by which people use um, to measure. Um, is it fair? No, I think inherently it's not because what a person does and, and wh who a person is are two separate things. Let's just go Bible real quick. And Q, let me just say on that black on black, I love what you said. Just for the sake of the record, white on white crime is higher than black on black crime. Yep. So we got to do something Absolutely. about that. White <laughs> on white crime. <laughs> FBI.gov, you can go fact check. We got to do something about that. White on white crime. It's just unacceptable. These thugs and these hoodlums are just beating each other up. Um, uh, everybody knows I'm being funny. I'm multicultural. We love everybody. Um, that being said, um, when you look at David, David is a man after God's own heart. That's what God calls him. But David literally took a, one of his guys' wives, slept with her, got her pregnant, and then killed him and got mad at God when the prophet said the first child got to die. God says about him, you're a man after my own heart um, because David knew how to respond. I only bring that up to say, is it fair? No. But is it what people do? Yes. All right, there. So to, to, to kind of bring you in the conversation, I want to know when people talk about this church hurt and all of this kind of stuff, whether if you know better, you should do better. Is it fair? If it's not real, whatever. What's your take on it? Uh, uh, can you hear me now? Am I yeah. okay? Yeah, you're, you're good. good. You're good. Okay. Okay. Sorry about that. Um, just a few things in conversations that I've heard. Um, first of all, I think I'm the only person who's not a pastor on here, so you know, I kind of feel like our perspectives <laughs> you, you are, are a little bit different. Not even a little bit. <laughs> okay, you're not a pastor. Okay, well, good. Okay, great. Okay, so here's he the just thing. He just him if he is. Um, I think that it's. I think that it is totally different when we're talking about church hurt and we're talking about leadership hurting people because those leaders, if we're talking about pastors or in general, just leaders, a lot of times they, they, they make the trade off. They trade um, as a commodity, their leadership. In other words, like they, they, they use the power that comes along with their title and they want the respect. They they want to they want us to listen to them as though they're speaking for God. Not all of them. Not just you know make oversimplifying for the sake of a point. Um, you know they want they want us to see them as the man of God and all these kinds of things until they hurt somebody and then all of a sudden they just want to be human and it's like well wait a minute mm. you can't have it both ways. Okay. And D, then secondly, I, I would also say is that we cannot we can't also blame the victim when they're victimized and hurt and say well you should have been mature enough to be hurt and take it because we we i mean these are people that are in their church and as a, as i am a teacher you know i, I do work <coughs> in church as a musician you guys know that but one thing about my classroom is if a student is not getting what i'm putting out or if a student is hurt in any way then the first thing I do is not blame the student. I have to do what we call self-assessment. I've got to look at myself and say, what could I have done better? What could I have said better? You know, how could I have approached the situation in a better way that that person wouldn't have been offended or that person wouldn't have been hurt or that person would have gotten a lesson? So I'm just saying, I understand that there is a nuance there um, because yes, there are lots of people who use the idea of church hurt to sort of just run away from the church and obviously it's not like the church did anything to anybody. It was a person doing something to another person. But when that person that is, is, is the oppressor stands and says, I am the man of God and respect me as the man of God and look up to me and follow me and all these kinds of things. And then I, as the sheep, place my trust in that person and they manipulate me spiritually, physically, emotionally, all of these things, that's church hurt. And that's real. 
Okay, so so he, I, I'm glad you said it because I, I want to know. I think we have to make a distinction, and I think Jones started this. There's a difference in my mind between being hurt by people and being hurt by the church, and I think we have to be careful that we don't muddy the lines or muddle the lines because we get people who start blaming God for stuff that other folks did one side. The second side of that is that we get people blaming God for stuff that they got corrected on, which was the responsibility of their leader to do. And so I think that while there is these legitimate claims or can be these legitimate concerns, we also have to be careful that we don't make everybody's that everybody can't be put in this bucket of saying this bad thing happened to me. It's the church's fault. And I own no responsibility to it because then we set a really bad precedent about this thing. So when I said, is this a myth or slash excuse, or is this something real, something true? I think, the answer to that is it could be either. It depends. And everybody's experience won't be the same. And so we can't have a singular definition to explain their experience because then it becomes unfair. Jones, you perked up a little bit. What you finna say something? <laughs> <clears throat> so the theme is the theme is which has become our reality bishop for me the theme is whatever their church hurt that means the pastor is the suspect uh oh uh oh uh -oh. Uh -oh. Uh -oh. now come on let's go let's go and, let's go uh oh and now keep in mind just for five minutes, I'm gonna become a spiritual oxymoron, son, because I actually said that I was one that caused the hurt. Right? Okay. But it's important that I said that. And you would know in those are your words, not mine. my words, right? <laughs> yeah. And so what's crazy is in my experience as pastor, right? Mm -hmm. I've seen more people claim church hurt by people other than the pastor. Oh, okay but they want the pastor to clean up the mess, right? Oh, and so I told my, and I tell my people all the time, I hope some, some of them are watching. Um, being that I'm a contractor, I'm, you know, this is what I do. And so I, I, I know for a fact that when I go by sheetrock and drywall, I don't get the mold free, the prime or the messy. It's all drywall. And okay. I tell them all the time that when you came into church, right? The building itself was not constructed as a messy place. It's the people that did it. Oh. And it's funny how people will be, oh my God. Okay, forgive me. It's funny how people can come to church and literally represent the Antichrist. Right? And what I mean by that is when you're anti everything that God says you should be. And using the church as your playground. Right. And then you leave the church and then you blame everything on the church and claim that it's church hurt. When the people that you're talking to don't know that you've done more damage in the church, but the church is not there to tell its story. Mm. That's number one. Bishop Foreman said this. Bishop Foreman said this. He says people will people will get hurt at work, but still go to work. Right. That's what he said. Bishop Foreman, that's what he said. I heard him. I was on here, right? Mm -hmm. And it's funny how it's funny how that you and he was right that you you'll go to a beautician and let her do your hair when her hair is a mess, right? You'll go to a barber and, a, and let him do your hair, cut your hair when he's packing the fro, right? And the reason why you do those because it doesn't make no difference to me if I get hurt at HEB when I'm well, I'm going back to HEB. Right. The reason why I do that, the reason why I go to the barber, the reason why I go to the beautician, the reason why I go to the job is because I've already established in my mind that where I'm going, I'm committed to. Oh, oh, Lord. And because I'm committed to it. 
right? Because I'm committed to it, right? I go there even though it caused me hurt, right? Now, here it is. Here's the funny thing about the Christian. The funny thing about the Christian is when we have odds have a problem, be hurt in, in odds with somebody, a disagreement or whatever, the first thing we do is become anti-Bible. The first thing we do is the direct opposite of what the Bible instructs us to do, right? Because the reality is, in the church, beef is normally one of the greatest issues of church hurt, but biblically, there shouldn't be a beef. How can there be a beef if I came to you, Roy, you offended me? How can it be a beef if when you offended me that I brought it to you, right? So here it is. Watch this. Here it is. We want to come to a spiritual place, right? Have anti-spiritual character, and they want a spiritual answer from God. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense to me. And so let me tell you what the by, the byproduct of that is. The byproduct of that is blame. So let me tell you what I did. Let me tell you what I did. So don't nobody think I'm throwing slugs because, and I seen this post today. Somebody, this is the second time I've seen it this week, and it really made me made me mad. Uh, if, if you're going to preach it, you, you better walk in it and all that kind of practice what you preach and all that. I dare whoever that says practice what you preach will challenge yourself. Wow. I dare whoever that says practice what you preach to the preacher, right, will challenge themselves that they're living like the Bible says them to live. See, everybody want to hold up and hide behind the bloodstained banner, but don't nobody want to live it. But then blaming people is the easiest solution. It's easy yeah. to do. Right. And so and sometimes I get tired of people making the pastor the easy target. Mm. Because you can tell you can say that he that he that he he did this, he did this, right? Oh, he might have he committed adultery, yeah. But you you never told nobody he fixed your marriage. Uh oh. Uh oh. You tell you tell him, oh, he stole from the church, but you never know you never tell nobody that when you did your life bill paid, he came out of his pocket. Wow. See, I like I hate all this one-sided one-sided testimonies and documentaries of church hurt. If you're gonna tell it, tell it all. As a matter of fact, the Bible and Bishop Bishop uh, 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 spoke on a while ago. That's how I felt. I felt like David. I felt like every time I got the priest bright, every Sunday morning I got up with no anointing but gift is all I had. All wow. I had was talent. Wow. Empty. Preaching with no spirit, preaching with no anointing, right? And it wasn't until the time I preached on forgiveness that the Bible said that God spoke to me in the middle of my sermon. My church thought I was tripping, right? In the middle of my sermon, the, the Lord speaks to me and says, you wait on them to forgive you when I've already forgiven you. You can't even walk in what I gave you because you're waiting for them to forgive you. So in reality, if we are the Christians that we claim to be, right? The Bible says, how much, how many times shall I forgive my brother? Matter of fact, what you leave for? Why are you to forgive him? That's what the Bible says, dude. Wow. Why you didn't go to him? That's what the Bible says, dude. Matter of fact, why you tearing down your pastor? <laughs> and so I think there's two sides of church hurt. And quite frankly, as a man who admitted he's a, he's responsible for church hurt, I also get tired of the pastor being the easy target. Go ahead. I like it. All right, Bishop. Let me hear from you. No, uh, no. I, I think. I mean, so you covered a whole lot of points. So here's 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 what I'll take with this. Um, no, which was good stuff. No, I don't mean that. No, he covered. No, no, no. I'm telling you, because he did it. Be, be, right, because at the end of the day, you know, it's easier for a sheep to bite a shepherd than a shepherd to bite a sheep. Um, sitting on both sides of that experience, having experiences where before I was sitting on this side of it, there were experiences I went through in church. And I remember, let me be very transparent, gentlemen, and to your audience, Bishop, I remember going through an experience one time. I said, God, this is how your people are. They can go to hell. Now, somebody going. I'm not going, but somebody got to go. <laughs> it was the craziest experience um, because you're talking about I was lied on. And it's one thing if you tell the truth and you don't want somebody to know that. It's another thing when you just pull something out the just make some up. Um, and I remember going through an experience like that. And I said, God, I don't want that. And it was necessary for me to see that, to experience that, to ensure that I did not repeat that. Um, and so I think at the end of the day, um, you know, we all have bad experiences at restaurants and you may choose not to go to that restaurant or you choose to 
go up the hierarchy to deal with management in that restaurant. I think one of the things I love that Q said earlier is, you know, I think you said, you know, the average person, maybe four or five churches, what have you, and it's still to be determined, um, you know, what's next, like liking it akin to a relationship. And I think the reality is if we just use the scriptures as an example, one bad church experience is not enough to give up on God or to give <clears> up on church. That person was crazy. That person did that. That person did that specific thing or whatever the issue might be. And I think the reality is if we play the numbers, let's go back to David, First Samuel 16, uh, seven counterfeits showed up before David did, um, which means you're going to have more counterfeits than actual fits. So perhaps here it is. Let's flip this thing. Maybe you needed to be hurt so that you would hear and get yourself into the right place. Maybe hurt was necessary so you could go find where you fit. Wow. That's an interesting perspective, Bishop. Q? Um, yes, opposition always uh, creates resistance, which also creates strength. You cannot get stronger unless there's some type of resistance or opposition that strengthens you from a physical aspect and also from a mental and emotional aspect. Um, what? That's a kind of like Bishop Foreman says, a lot of different directions I can go. Uh, one, one thing that I'm looking at right now, I think. So first of all, let me back up a little bit. Depending on which side of the table I'm on and who I'm speaking to, I will say two totally different things. So if I'm speaking to that person who was hurt, I will say one thing to them. If I'm speaking to a pastor or a leader or someone like that, I'll say something to them because I believe in self accountability. Like I can talk about the black plight, uh, Willie Lynch, slavery, all of that. And anybody who uh, wants to try to talk about an individual, I will talk about the overall reason why such is such. Now, when I'm speaking to an individual, I throw all out all that out the window and I say, what about you? What can you do? How do you need to change your life? So the conversations that I have between, depending on who I'm speaking to on, or which side of the table I'm on, then it can be a different conversation. Um, so speaking on one, and I think we got pastor's perspectives. So what I'll say on the other side is... People want to see pastors sit in it. Don't deflect every time. Everybody going to have their turn. I don't care who you are. Yes, nobody's perfect, but don't deflect. I don't need to hear about everything good that you've done your whole life. You did wrong at this particular time. Sit in it. Take ownership of it. Be accountable so that we can we can see you being willing, willing to be um, repentant and also we can expect change. What I have a problem is what a lot of pastors is they try to anytime someone, anytime a pastor gets and, and yes, I am generalizing. So don't take it personally. If it's not directed <laughs> towards you, I don't want you. Hey, well, not me. No, don't take it that way. But what I see oftentimes <clears throat> when a pastor gets caught up in some mess and they are in the wrong, they do these softball apologies. Well, I'm sorry if I can't be perfect. And I know y'all don't give me the same forgiveness that I get. We don't need to hear all that. Just say you're wrong and sit in it and say, I'm going to do better and grow and move, move on from that. And I think people will start respecting a lot of pastors if they just sit in their wrong and actually change instead of trying to twist it in a way to make people feel sorry for them. Now, of course, I'm not talking about all pastors, but there's, more than one experience that I've had with past where I've heard this. And, you know, so that's what I'll say about that, just to lend range to the perspective of the conversation. All right. And so, Derek, when you um, hear- could I say something, Roy? Sure. Ship right. Yes. Oh, I would, I would, I just wanted to, to just say, um, I feel like perhaps we are sort of conflating a few things because when I think of church hurt, I'm not thinking of someone who is slightly offended or, you know, in that way that, that maybe they are, are taking a rebuke or something like that over the top and then they leave the church. I mean, I'm, I'm talking about real hurt. And so it's hard for me to, to take that and to equate that with shopping at H-E-B and then messing up something or going to a restaurant and then messing up my food because Maybe I'm the only person, maybe I'm different, but if that restaurant consistently messes up my food, I'm not going to go to that restaurant. <laughs> I'm not going to continue to go to, I'm <laughs> not going to a doctor. If a doctor messes up surgery on my child, number one, I'm going to sue, and number two, I'm not going back to that doctor again. 
And then I would also like to say that if the restaurant messes up my food, okay, yeah, I don't like mayonnaise on a hamburger. They, they put mayonnaise on my hamburger. Okay, I'm not eating it. I don't want it. But that's still not the same thing as the priest raping my daughter. That's not, that's that's not the same thing. And I know that's a huge, you know, I know I made a huge jump. But when sure. I say church hurt, I'm talking about real hurt where we got preachers who are whooping people with belts and, you know, I mean, one of my beloved superintendents who I came up watching, um, and I mean, I, I loved him, played for him every time he came to Austin, you know, whooping people at his church and, and talking about, you know, speaking in tongues, talking about we praying for him. And, you know, at the same time, you're raping this, this man's wife consistently over and over and over. You know, these are things that happen. That's what I'd call church hurt. I'm not talking about oh, you, you, you know, you got up and you said something out of the Bible and I took offense of it. I'm not saying that. I'm talking about real physical, I'm going to say it again, physical, emotional, spiritual is a really big one in the church because a lot of preachers, and I'm going to not just say preachers and pastors, but just leaders in general, which I am one of them, we use, uh, the, we use the Bible to spiritually manipulate people and that is spiritual hurt. Okay, and so I guess that's kind of where my question that I was uh, uh, about to ask you, Derek, and so you kind of hit on it. So my question that I was going to ask you is that if we're talking about like real hurt, isn't there a difference? And you you answered this, and, and so I just want to say this is what I was going to ask you. Isn't there a difference between somebody's feelings being hurt and somebody's world about God being shattered? And I think the answer to that is yes. But yeah, how, it, that is so but how much of that also does individually we have to own as the person? And here's what I mean. You say, because now I'm pairing this with what Bishop Foreman said. You say, okay, you in the church and the pastor is raping this man's wife. My question would be, well, why the hell are you still there? Right. Stay right. there for her to keep getting raped. Then because that's less about the pastor and more about how dare the you? husband and the no, wife. No, no, but no, because it goes back into what, what one of the people was saying earlier is that, you know, the church teaches forgiveness. And I always say this is that church people are the most gullible people in the world, because all you got to do is get up there and sing a good song, preach a good sermon, shout to people real good, tell them I'm sorry, cry a few tears, and then you can be restored. And nobody even cares that you did all of these things. And don't forget that you have conditioned these people that you are brainwashing can be real. That you speak for God, and that they should never leave the church. So they think I I was a part of it. I I remember I was so afraid to leave the church because I thought I was going to hell because that's what they taught me that if <laughs> mm -hmm. I that if I left that that Pentecostal church I was going to hell. But Bishop, let me let me. So okay, you can't so blame again. the victim for it. Again, I, I, so let, I got to say this. I got to so again. So if you're talking about somebody being beat with a belt, and you're talking about a man's wife being raped, at the end of the day, one, let me just be clear. I am pro church. I am pro pastor. I love God's church and all of its imperfections because He loves His church. He said He died for her, and that's just what it is. So that being said, so we heard. I heard this term. Well, I'm talking about real hurt, and there's the problem. Hurt is a relative term. Um, it's a relative term that is completely different predicated upon a person's experiences. So when I hear somebody say getting beat with a belt and raping and all that, I'm I, again, I go to where Bishop Bright said, I, I that, at that point, you, 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 whether you suffer from Stockholm syndrome or some other form of a psychological disposition that impairs your judgment at the end of the day, that is an individual issue. Um, no, you don't blame the victim, but at the same time, uh, again, you, you, for that person to blame a, an individual for that, when you are a grown adult and you can make your own choices, um, that that's a whole separate set of issues. And again, I think that's the whole unique tapestry of the conversation is that it's all relative because I ain't never heard of that. I ain't never heard of no grown. I've heard of it. Absolutely. I've heard of it. I've heard uh, of it. Absolutely. I, I, all you got to do is Google it. Look, I would say brainwashing is real. So I won't do it. 
and it, it doesn't happen overnight, but over the course of months and years, yes, people can be conditioned. It's a fine line between conditioning and brainwashing. In a lot of instances, people do get brainwashed and they believe that their connection to God and heaven is to this man or to this person or to this church. It's to that person. <clears throat> yep. Dr. Jones. All we got to do mm-hmm. is look at the Catholic church. Look at all of those, um, all of those priests. And all of this stuff. And then not just the person, but the institution itself that knew about it and hid it. Okay. Uh, Pastor Jones, okay. Based on what uh, this thing uh, that Derek said, you know, uh, these, and I'm going to call them just for the sake of the conversation, not to minimalize them, uh, uh, minimize them, Derek, but these really over the top experiences of being beat. Uh, cause let me just tell you, I, I, I'm not the one, uh, that, that, I, I, yeah. Uh, and my wife being raped, you know, yeah, I, I'm not the one. So outside of these kind of over the top, uh, again, not trivializing it, but over the top things, how rampant would you estimate that genuine, not these extreme examples, but genuine fault lies with the entity of the church or the leadership of the church that these hurts are actually experienced? I think you'd have to separate denominations because to present it as it's not reality, that's that's unfair. Unfortunately, this is kind of unfair because I know Derek uh, Lewis personally. Okay. And when he first got down here, we did everything we could do to get him to come play for another church. <laughs> and he literally stayed somewhere and played for free. <laughs> Because he thought he was going to hell. Uh, I and it, I think it's institutionalized because I think certain denominations <laughs> are like that. And then and then you got to also separate. This is a word that, that we haven't heard in a long time, but I'm going to say it. You also have to separate, I think, churches from cults. Because I do think people mm-hmm. are brainwashed. I mean, I didn't know they did brainwash in 220, but I do believe some people are brainwashed. But more so, I think it's the the institute, the church, the way it is, the way they were raised, the way things have always been. I think a lot of times, growing up, growing up, I think the pastor was always put here, and he was the uh, he was the the whatever you want to make them. Like somebody actually told me, a member actually told me they think they thought I was the next thing to God. Right? Mm-hmm. And so I have a thing in my church, right? And I say it publicly. Don't ever put me on a pedestal. It never determines how high I am. It only determines how far I'm going to fall. Right? Because I know that sooner or later, I'm human. I know I'm a fall. I'm a big mistake. I have flaws. That's just where I'm created, right? I mean, that's what, you know. And so I think that there are some churches, some religions that really push into you. That, you know, this is him, and when he walks in, everybody rise, and what he says, go. And, and to his, to uh, Q's point, I think a lot of times, um, Q, one thing you did say that really that really hit me is I think, and this ties into that whole, what we make this, the priest, the pastor, the preacher to be. A lot of times, people can mess up. And have a nice teary apology, right? There's no forgiveness. There's just acceptance, and that's the difference. They haven't forgiven him, but they accept him and let him be, right? And then what that does is gives him in turn permission to repeat it. Like the worst I've ever felt, the worst I've ever felt, the darkest of my all of my days living, right? was during that time when I heard God's people. And to hear God tell you, I can't trust you with my sheep. Wow. That was the darkest. And Q, let me tell you something. It wasn't no teary-eyed 
apology. My church had to come to my house and get me and say, get your butt back to church. Because I had mentally quit. Matter of fact, you, I didn't have to quit. <laughs> I said, ain't nowhere in the world. <laughs> then people going to let me come back to that church. Right? And so my thing is, my thing is, I think in all things, Derek, and you make you make the mention as it relates to, well, yeah, I'll go back to the burger joint, but if you put mayonnaise on my burger again, then I ain't coming back here no more. I think, I think sometimes um, there's only so much people can take, but I also think that they're trained to believe that the priest, the pastor, or whatever is way up here and they're way down there. And I think that's the problem with the, with the institution part of some religions. I'm not going to say the church, but I'm going to say some religions. And I think it's real. When you look at, you're right, Derek, you look at, when you look at the Catholic church, right? When you look at the, uh, what's that other cult thing they got where you don't let nobody out, you can't go past the fence and all that. And, uh, and then the, the scientific, I mean, all <laughs> that stuff is like that. But you know that one church, you know. Okay. So you can't go, you know. So here, so here, here's here's kind of where my problem lies with everything y'all uh, have said. Here's kind of where my problem lies. Even if we use what Derek said about the the burger joint, I'm not going back. I think we have to be careful that we don't combine a local assembly with the universal church, because you've had a bad experience here does not, def should not define your relationship overall with God. And that happens a lot of time. I'm done with the church because they did this, this, this. No, you may have had that experience at some local assembly, but that's not universally the church. And, and so that has to, there has to be some separation that happens there. The other problem that I have, I think, is the idea of, uh, I guess, uh, of kind of what you said, Jones. To be honest with you, is that uh, well, when you know, when when he walks in, you stand, or this, or, or you know, he's up here, and this, that, and the other. Well, I mean, obviously, uh, uh, I, I hear that, but nobody, nobody gets pissed off when they go walk in the courtroom and they say, "Everybody stand," because the judge is walking in. And his office, his authority is beneath that of the call man to God. Nobody gets mad when the president, You, I watched an episode of The West Wing. Uh, that was one of my favorite shows. Uh, I, and I rewatched it. And it was a time when this woman had uh, written, she was a journalist. She had written a bad argument. Uh, I mean, a bad review of the presidency. And so when when everybody when when the person when the president walked in, everybody stood up but her and he was uh, kind of greeting everybody. And he kept noticing that she was the only one sitting and you and he would get talk and he'd stop and then he'd look and and he said, I, I, I'm sorry. He said, uh, I don't know what it is about you that you think that when you're doing your job, you're supposed to be respected for doing your job. But when I'm doing mine, you're not supposed to respect me for doing mine. My problem is let's not, as use the word Derek said, let's not conflate some of the things that are appropriate Absolutely. with the things that happen that are not right. We have to be able to have a great divide. And lastly, I'm going to say this is that while I know, I, I've been, I've been knowing. Hey, I've been knowing Derek since he was knee high to a duck. No, but that that whole time, uh, I remember when Derek he was that little. <laughs> no, when Derek first got here uh, to Austin, um, and I cussed, and you should have seen the level of uncomfort or discomfort that Derek had <laughs> at hearing somebody who said they are a preacher cuss. Yes, I did. Go on and all you haters, go ahead on and write about it. Oh, he said he cussed. Yes, I did. Okay, now let's move past it. Um, and so I understand, I know about the background that you came from, and I get it that you've had some, uh, that, that the tradition of which you have done church in the past 
was very, very restricted. I, I when I first went off to college, my very first year in college, um, at uh, it was called Southwest Texas State University then. Now it's called Texas State University. But I, I met uh, people who were not Baptist because all I knew when I grew up was Baptist. I met people who were not Baptist. In fact, one of the ladies I met, uh, she couldn't wear skirts or fingernail polish or earrings or makeup. And that was mind blowing to me because, honey, uh, when it was especially past the anniversary, uh, first lady came in with the biggest hat you've ever seen in your world. And if she tied it around her chin and a wind got up under it, it might float her up in the air. She had all of her makeup on. She had her earrings. Her nails was right. Her jewelry was white. And here's a person who had none of that, but had an equally relevant and strong relationship with God. And I had to say, wait a minute. This is not what I'm used to. Here's the point I'm making. Is that there are things that go on and a lot of them go on by what's been traditionally allowed to happen. But then there are other things where there are genuine situations where leaders, pastors and people screw up. And the church is responsible for getting us all back right in terms of forgiveness. But I cannot and will not believe that one apple spoils the whole bunch. So you cannot throw out all church because of a bad experience with one. And that's kind of where I kind of sit in this thing. Q, you kind so, of, you took yeah, a deep breath and, you know, you threw your head. I agree with you in part that one apple doesn't spoil the bunch, but... Let, let, let's go back to the Black Lives Matter thing. One out of every 1,000 police officers who do a bad thing, do they spoil the bunch? Really, they don't. But what spoils the bunch is those other 999 that, that don't speak out against that one bad apple. So what we have to get to the point is, I don't care if it's the person, uh, the, 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 the usher in the back row, or if it's the pastor in the front row. We have to call right, right. We have to call wrong, wrong. And we and what really spoils the bunch is when the masses and this when you you hear a lot of times when people talk about they get hurt is something can happen like some of those terrible things Derek and uh, Derek talked about and people hold on to it they scared they don't want to ruin their reputation they don't want to ruin the, the the man of God's reputation they don't want to ruin the leader's reputation but when it comes out. And nobody really does anything about it. And then people start choosing sides. Those are the real times where you hear people talking about the church hurt me because it was the whole church didn't hurt you. But when the issue came out and nobody else stood up for you and they did not speak against that bad apple, whoever it was. Now I'm looking at the whole church saying I have I'm, I'm, I'm hurt by the church. OK, Bishop Foreman. Sure, I, I think that's a great point. I, I think, that, again, I, I will reiterate my love for God's church. Um, I also recognize people have experiences that are very varied than mine um, and different. And I think those, again, using the analogy um, of the spoiling of the apples, etc. I, I think the only thing I would add to what, what you said is I agree. Um, you know, the 999 is what makes the system corrupt because nobody did anything to deal with the actions that have cost someone their life. If you can, if you use that analogy in the in the in this you know context of church, I think part of the bigger issue, um, if we were to look at this from a more macro standpoint than micro, is that the church doesn't have time to deal with so many issues and problems, um, especially those that are of a minuscule nature. And what I mean by that. Um, if somebody got their feelings hurt because somebody didn't, because because when I look at church hurt, I see the gamut. Again, Derek, when he talks about it, he talking about people getting whipped with belts and women getting raped. That's 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 disappointing. That let me be clear. Let me do what Q just said. That should not happen. That should not yeah. happen from anybody. It should not Bishop, happen. Archbishop, Pope, 
associate pope, cardinal, whatever you are, that should not happen. That's that's unconscionable and unacceptable. At the same time, um, I think one of the things that happens in the in in you know in the in the entirety of building a church and building an organization is that sometimes you can be so distracted with things that aren't to that level that are simply issues and spats and odds that people have with one another. And when I look at church, church again, because the term is relative, that's the majority of what I see people referring to. And when I see that, I think that many times those things are distractions that unfortunately come with the nature of life and they come with the nature of experiences. And if people find themselves in situations like that, the Bible gives us a clear way to deal with it. You take your art to your brother, you take your art to the church. And, you know, at the end of the day, if you can't get the resolution, then you keep it moving. But at the end of the day, uh, God's church is still the greatest institution and organism on this planet. Uh, it is what introduced us to the Lord and it is what uh, God chooses to use to change the world. So at the end of the day, we're stuck with her. So we just got to find ways to make her better collectively um, and not hate the thing that God loves. All right, so we're 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 about three minutes away from ending. Uh, in, any final comments from any other panel? I, I would love to hear how you would kind of close your your thoughts out about the conversation. I'll say this real quick, Pastor Bright, and it's going to be real quick. Believe it or not, I teach my people, and we accept the fact that our church that we are saved misfits. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to sin. We're going to fail. That's our reality. You don't do spiritual damage to yourself until. Unless you get yourself to the point to where you think you're better than other people, you have arrived and you're where you need to be spiritually. We're all growing and we're all trying to do better. But sin is sin. If sin wasn't going to be sin, Jesus would have never died on the cross. That's just the way it is. Um, we, we acknowledge that the church uh, is the hospital for the sick, right? And I wish people would understand one thing. Uh, like I said before, pastors are easy targets until you need them. I wish people would understand one thing, that even in a hospital, a doctor is allowed sick days. Wow. Sick days. And so I think anybody, anybody who hurts or responsible for hurting anybody should be accountable. When I messed up, my daddy said, shut up and take your medicine. He said, you, you, you own what you did and you, you hold yourself accountable, accountable. He said, don't you worry about displeasing me. Don't you worry about displeasing your mama. You worry about displeasing all the people that you pastor, right? And so some people do not make a mistake and then try to cry their way out of it and try to make people feel bad about them and all that. Some people really uh, go through separation with God. So my final thing was if, you, if you're responsible in any way from hurting any of God's people, then it's your it's your duty to repent to God. It's your own duty it. to be accountable and own, own up to it. Own it, yeah. Can right. I just say I, I agree with that, uh, Pastor uh, Jones? I think I like what you said. I, I feel like that's the biggest thing that anybody that calls themselves a leader should do is to be constantly doing self assessment and to always say that if these people are being hurt, I need to own it. I need to figure out what I can do better. And then, like you just. That take ownership, own it, sit in it, whatever that means. And then also know that if those people choose to leave or whatever, then that's on them. They choose to leave, and that might have been the right decision, like the bishop was saying earlier. That may be God leading them somewhere else. We don't get to choose the way a person responds to the hurt that we dealt to them, right? So if if, if they get hurt because of something I did, whether it was something that we call a menial, like, you know, I didn't speak to them or I rebuked them or what have you, or something that was one of those over the top sort of things. The way they choose to respond is not up to me. It's up to that person. And lastly, I would like to say that also, because you talked about the hospital and all those kind of things, I think that when we're in church and we're as leaders in church, we have to see ourselves as ministers in church. People come to church because and people look up to us for a certain reason and we cannot go around using that authority and using that awesome opportunity and all that kind of stuff to victimize people and then say, oh, well, I'm just being human. I'm just a man. Less. All right. Uh, there, uh, we're, we're about to get uh, cut off at our, our point, but somebody said that they would like to be, uh, I want to receive uh, Christ tonight. I want to be saved, please. Let me tell you something. 
The first Bishop McNeese. Bishop McNeese. The first step, sir, <laughs> I'll tell you this, if you need to be saved, the first step is to acknowledge the fact that you need to be saved. And the second step is that you need to believe that God is a saver and the savior. All you got to do is confess and, with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. <laughs> the Bible says that you he better be saved. <laughs> And then we got to take them down in the water in Jesus' name. He got to come up speaking in tongues. <laughs> get, get off my show. Get, get off my show. Everybody, thank you so much for uh, for uh, being with us today. Uh, I look forward to seeing you all again. It is out of here time. Y'all be blessed. Bye-bye. Thank you, sir. Bye. Bye.